0: We are still in the Judges of Israel series, and we are looking at Jephthah and the time that Jephthah was the judge of Israel. Tonight may seem a little different. For some reason, God has kind of hit the brakes when we hit Jephthah, and that's okay. Uh, we just go as God leads. Uh, but tonight we're going to see how God starts to use Jephthah and how it is uh, that God is able to use him. Uh, We're going to then apply this to ourselves, and we can then realize how God can use us if we are willing. So I titled tonight's message, God's Moving and Making Vows. Uh, God's Moving and Making Vows, kind of two topics that fit right in with the passage tonight. Uh, So first, uh, Jephthah is moved by God. Look at Judges chapter 11, and we'll look at verse 29. Judges chapter eleven verse twenty nine says then the spirit of the lord came upon Jephthah and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh and passed over Mizpah of Gilead and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. Uh, So first thing I notice is that Jephthah was he was filled with the holy spirit and God moved him and he was willing to be moved. Uh, We need to take note that Jephthah, he didn't fight God on this. Uh, God didn't lead him to go to a different location. He didn't argue with God. He didn't try to find a way out of it. Uh, He was willing to be moved by God. Sometimes God wants to move in our lives. God wants to use us somehow in our lives. And God wants to do something with us and through us. Uh, But sometimes we're not willing. Now, you might be thinking, no way. Uh, no way is a child of God uh, not willing to be used by God or not allowing God to move in them or work through them. But it, it does happen. And, and we do do this sometimes. Uh, just thinking of Bible examples, think of uh, the, the first one that comes to my mind is Jonah. Uh, Jonah, he fought God's moving uh, in preaching to the lost people of Nineveh. And we know when he finally did it, that the whole nation became believers of God. And, and he should have been willing. And he should, when God said, go preach to these people, I'm going to save them. He should have been excited that God was going to use him in that way. Uh, but he fought God on it. I also think of Moses. Uh, Moses fought God's moving when God picked him to be the leader of Israel, and he came up with all those reasons on why he can't be the leader of Israel. Uh, Moses was fighting God. Uh, I think of Saul, and he fought God's moving when he didn't uh, follow God's battle plan against the Amalekites in 1 Samuel 15. Uh, I also think of Lot's wife. She fought God's moving and God's plan and the way God wanted things to be done, and she did it her own way, and it did not turn out well for her. Also, we have Cain. He fought God's moving. He tried to uh, do things his own way. Uh, He did not want to follow the plan that God had, and he did it his own way. And again, his life did not turn out well. Uh, We have the Pharisees. Uh, They fought God's moving, and they even rejected God's plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, and all of these people, they fought God. And, and us Christians, if we're not careful, we will fight God when he's trying to do something through us or move us. Uh, there are many more examples we could go uh, and We could uh, spend all kinds of time, uh, even if we considered the people of today, us today. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we talked about the world, we could just stand here and talk for hours and hours about how the world is fighting God. Uh, but I'm not so concerned with why the world is fighting God. I'm going to focus more on us, on Christians. I'm going to talk about Christians that are fighting God. Uh, maybe sometimes it's something big, like God wants us to become a missionary in a foreign land, or God wants us to preach uh, a message or become a preacher or a pastor, and we're fighting is moving on it, we don't want to do it, or maybe we delay to obey. That's fighting God. Maybe it's not quite like that. Uh, Maybe it's more like God is moving you to sing a song. Or God is moving you to text someone to invite them to church. Or God is moving you to share a Bible verse with someone. Or maybe you're out shopping and God is moving you to give a track, a gospel track to a lost person or to witness to them. Uh, We need to be willing to allow God to move us, to work in us, to use us. Anytime we walk away from someone that God wants us to give a track to, then we are fighting God's moving. We need to be willing to be moved by God. And we also need to be looking to be moved by God. So we need to be willing to be moved by God, but we also need to be looking to be moved by God. Uh, we can become so distracted uh, in the day we live in that we, we can be so distracted that we don't even notice when God is moving. Now, I had a friend uh, tell me a story uh, a couple, of, a few months ago, and uh, he was out and he was busy and he was he had some kind of deadline. He had to be somewhere at a certain time, and uh, so he was in a hurry. Uh, but he had to make a stop. I think at the gas station uh, on his way there, and he noticed someone uh, that needed some help uh, with their flat tire. And so he actually stopped and went over and helped them with the flat tire, even though he was running late. Uh, and it, it would be so easy just to be so distracted with our own situation to not even see that uh, that person over there needing help at all. Uh, I got saved in Sunday school at the very beginning of Sunday school class, and what if My teacher had been distracted that morning. What if she was running late? Uh, What if she had other things on her mind that she didn't even bother to ask me if I knew Jesus as my Savior? Uh, I could have missed the opportunity to accept Jesus that day. Uh, You could go to the mall or any public place, and you could watch people. And what are they all doing? Almost every single person, what are they doing as they're walking around in the mall? They're looking down at their phone. They're just looking like this the whole time you can watch them talk to each other and they're talking like this they're just scrolling and looking they're not even paying attention to each other uh you 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 can tell that they're not paying attention because what they say half the time don't make any sense but it doesn't matter because the person they're talking to isn't listening because they're just looking at their phone too everybody's just looking at their phone everybody's just so distracted uh that they don't even look at each other anymore they don't notice people anymore Uh, We've allowed uh, this phone to distract us so much that we don't even notice things going on around us. We need to be careful to not allow ourselves to be distracted and miss out on an opportunity to be moved and to be used by God. Not only uh, do we need to be careful not to be distracted or too busy, but we also should be actively looking for God's moving. Uh, we could miss God's moving, not because we're distracted, uh, not because we're too busy with the things of the world, but just simply because we're not looking for it, almost like we're hiding our eyes from it. And it's like when we're not willing to pray and tell God that we would do whatever He wants us to do, or we would be willing to go anywhere or do anything for Him. Sometimes we're not willing to pray that, because we're not willing to hear the answer. We're not looking for God to move. Uh, we're not actively looking for God to move. We need to be willing to be moved by God. And we also need to be looking to be moved by God. And we also need to be able to be moved by God. Uh, if you're going to be uh, building a computer, uh, I don't know if we have any computer geniuses in here. Uh, but if not, follow along with me. You're going to build a computer. You have the frame. And there's all kinds of parts that go in there. And there's, there's lots of parts, and they go in a specific way and everything. And so you go to build this. You have the frame, and you have a shelf over here of parts. And so you go to get a part, and you go over there to get it, and the part you need is dusty, and it's dirty, and, and it's, it's no good to be used. Or maybe you go over there to get a part, and it's, it's missing. It's hiding in the back. It fell down behind the shelf, and you can't find it, or it's just not there At all. Well, you can't use parts like this. Uh, If you find the the missing ones or the hiding ones and they're still dirty or dusty, you can't use them. It won't work to get the the computer to work properly. Uh, If if it's dusty and dirty and you plug it in, it could short out. Uh, It could short out other parts nearby it. It won't work properly. Uh, We need to be parts that are clean and ready to be used. Uh, we need to be parts that work properly, uh, that help other parts work properly. Because we can be just like these computer parts. We can be dusty or dirty. Uh, when we get filled up with sin, we're dirty and we become unusable. Uh, when we get filled up with the concerns of the world, we become all dusty and, and we can mess things up with all the dust that's covering us and we are unusable. Uh, Even if we're not committing sins, we're not doing horrible, wicked things, but we're just so concerned with all the things of the world, Uh, we fill up our lives with the things of the world, like maybe watching Thursday night football instead of coming to Thursday night prayer and Bible study uh, for God. Uh, Things of the world will get us dusty and they'll get us dirty. We need to be clean to be able to be used. We can... Also be like these computer parts and be hiding in the back. Uh, when we try not to participate in church services or the ministries of the church, uh, we have those seats way in the back back there and I'm thankful nobody's sitting back there tonight because there's plenty up here. Uh, and even when we were starting, uh, the kids were coming up closer, which is good. Uh, you, you should want to be a part of everything and not hiding in the back. Uh, we, we need to be, uh, people that are not hiding. Uh, because we can be at church visibly, but not actually be a part of anything. Uh, we could be here and not really be a part of the service. If we don't open our mouth and sing, then we're like one of these computer parts that are they're hiding in the back of the shelf and it's not usable. If we don't participate in prayer, if we're not willing to say a prayer, then we're a hiding computer part. Uh, if we're not willing to praise God during a public time of praising god then we're like one of these missing parts if we're not willing to be a part of a ministry of the church uh maybe it's something like teaching or discipleship. ship maybe it's something like running the sound or getting here early to make sure the light and the heats are on uh or maybe it's like uh picking people up for church or being an usher or a door greeter people like when when they show up and the door opens for them You know, you could help people be more comfortable here just by opening a door or or asking them if they want water or showing them where the coffee is. There's all kinds of things you can do uh, to be a part of the work of God here. Uh, If we're not taking part of some kind of ministry that God has given this church to do, then we're like one of these missing parts. Uh, We can be present and not be part of the work of God. We need to stop hiding in the back of the shelf. Uh, We should be jumping at the chance to be used by God. We could also be like these computer parts that are just simply missing altogether. You go to get it on the shelf, and it's just gone. It's not there. Uh, There are a lot of missing computer parts here tonight. Uh, There's a lot of missing people here tonight. We have uh, at least 70 or so different people that are a part of this church on a regular basis. Uh, we run around 50-ish on Sunday mornings, so already we're missing some every single week. And and I know things come up, uh, but we're missing some of these parts. Uh, we only have about 15 or so of these people uh, that show up on Sunday night and Thursday night services. We have a lot of missing parts. Uh, maybe. Uh, You come to most of the services most of the time, but every once in a while you miss one. Well, that's way better than some, and that's great. Uh, But what if that one time you miss, what if that time you're not here, God is reaching on that shelf for you, and God wants to use you, and you're not there? What if God reaches out for you, and he can't find you because you weren't there? Don't let that happen. Don't miss out on an opportunity to be moved and used by God. The Spirit of God told Jephthah to move, and Jephthah did it. Uh, God was looking on the shelf for Jephthah right then, and he found him. He was there. Jephthah was clean. He was usable. He was found. Uh, We need to make sure that when God goes to use us, when God reaches out to take us off the shelf, that we're clean and we're usable and that we're findable. Uh, we, how do we know when, when to be ready? Uh, it's, it's funny in our house, being ready to leave means something different to everybody in the house. Uh, to me that means getting ready yesterday so that I can leave early, you know? Uh, to other people it means if we have to be there at eight, we don't have to leave till eightish. So, uh, but how do you know when to be ready? How do you know when to be clean and usable and findable? Uh, How do we know when God will choose to reach out for us and use us? How do we know when to be ready for God? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. We don't know when God is going to want to use us. So my best advice I could give you is to always be clean, always be usable, and always be findable. If you ever find yourself not clean or not usable or not findable, Make it right with God right away. So when that time comes, when he reaches out for you, you are there and you are usable. All right, let's move on now to Jephthah's vow. Looking again back at Judges chapter 11. Look at verse 30. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, if thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever thou cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Now, vows to God are very serious, and we're going to do a quick study tonight on vowing to God. And I think this will be helpful for all of us to think about this topic just a little bit tonight. Uh, God is pleased when people make commitments to him. Uh, we cannot break this commitment to God, though. Uh, God has blessed people throughout the Bible and throughout uh, all of time that have made commitments to him. And God has also cursed people or punished people that have made commitments and then broken them. Now, obviously, no one's perfect. Uh, we can't be perfect 100% of the time in 100% of the areas of our life, and God knows this. So why would we make a vow to God then? Uh, so I have some reasons uh, why we could make a promise or a vow to God. So the first reason would be to put God in his place as number one. Uh, when We know the Ten Commandments, and we know that it is commanded to put God first and to have nothing else before him. So it becomes obvious that we have put God first when we make a vow to him. Uh, This puts God where he belongs, in the number one spot. Uh, The second reason uh, that we could make a vow to God or a benefit of making vows to God is that it keeps us focused on God. It keeps us focused on God. Uh, Jeremiah 25, 6, it says, And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them. Uh, We we need to be looking at God only. That verse ends with, And provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Uh, The prophet Jeremiah is telling Israel that they will be punished for not putting God first. Jeremiah tells them that he and other prophets uh, have told them already that they need to put God first, and no other gods before him. And now, because they didn't, they will be punished for their failure. Uh, they would have avoided this punishment if they would have kept their promise to put God first. Uh, By making a vow to God, you will put God first where he belongs. You will avoid punishment of not doing so. But all of this allows you to stay focused on God. When you make a vow to God, it makes us focus better and focus clearer and focus more on God. Now, the third a uh, reason to make a vow to God is that it shows our allegiance. Uh, many organizations make you take an oath or a vow before you can join. I was in the board of realtors for a long time. And uh, before you do that, you have to take this uh, oath and agree to all these things that you're going to do. And most of them are pretty common sense things, but they still make you do it. We, this is the same thing for military, for public office. You know, they make all these public officials stand up and take a vow or an oath in front of people. You used to have to put your hand on the Bible. I don't know what they use nowadays, but uh, it was making a vow. Uh, And this promise is to show your allegiance with them and with their cause. Uh, God wants us to align ourselves with his causes, with his desires. And we can do this by making a vow or a promise to God. Now, Joshua made a vow to God, and it encouraged others to join him in doing so also, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Joshua twenty four fifteen says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is vowing to serve God. He says that even if he's all alone, even if no one else chooses to serve God, if no one follows him, no matter what, he will keep serving God. We need a lot more Christians like that today. That no matter what, we're going to keep serving God. We're going to vow to continue to serve God no matter what happens to us, no matter what happens to the people around us. Uh, Even if things don't go the way we like, we're not just going to quit and give up. We're going to vow to serve God no matter what happens. Uh, Number four, the fourth reason that we can make a vow to God or benefits of making vows to God is that it would remind yourself of your goals. It would remind yourself of your goals. If you make a promise or vow, it should be a constant reminder of what you agreed to be committed to do. It should help you stay faithful to that commitment that you agreed to do. Uh, think of wedding vows. These are a promise. And you're making this vow or this commitment. To your spouse and to God. And one of the reasons we make these promises at our wedding. Is to help remember what we have agreed to. Uh, what we have committed ourselves to do and to be. Our wedding uh, anniversary is a yearly reminder. Of the vows that we've made on our wedding day. Our Words and specifically our vows and promises to God help us put God first and help us keep focused on God and it helps us avoid punishment and it shows our allegiance and it also helps us keep committed to God. Uh, there's many other things that we could look at. It, it, making a vow can uh, show where our heart is. Uh, we have to truly, really uh, be in love with God. And, and want to please God if we make a vow to Him. It, it can also be a testimony to others. We talked about Joshua and how it encouraged all the others around him to, to stay strong and to want to serve God as well. Uh, and There's probably many other reasons as well. Uh, but I want to look at reasons not to make a vow or a promise to God. Some reasons not to make a vow or promise to God. Uh, the first one is if you don't know if you will keep it. If you don't know if you will keep it, you should not make a vow or promise to God. Uh, if you make a vow to God, he will require you to keep it. And if you don't, it is counted as a sin and there will be punishment for not keeping it. Uh, Deuteronomy 23, 21 and 22. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee, But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. So the Bible tells us that if we make a vow to God and then break it, it is then sin. It also says that if we don't make a vow to begin with, if we don't make a promise, then we would not sin by breaking it because there's nothing to break. It's not there. We didn't make it. Uh, So it would be better for us to not make a vow to God. If we do not intend to keep it, or maybe we're just unsure about being able to keep it. Uh, Number two, the reasons not to make a vow to God. You don't understand the vow. Uh, We're in Judges. We're talking about Jephthah. I'll get to him in a second. I first want to mention King Herod. Uh, He uh, agreed to giving this young lady anything she wanted. Uh, and he said, ask of me whatever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. Uh, he's making a promise uh, that he doesn't fully understand here. And when she tells him that she wants John the Baptist's head, the Bible says that he was exceedingly sorry. Uh, he didn't fully understand the vow he was making. So we're in Judges, we're considering Jephthah. He makes this vow to sacrifice the very next thing that comes through the door. Uh, we will see uh, in the next few verses, which will be next week, uh, that it just so happens that his daughter was the next thing to come through his door. Uh, the Bible says that when he saw her walk through the door, uh, it says, and it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes. And then it goes on to say that he feels very low about the whole situation. Uh, these Both of these men I mentioned did not think through their decision to make a vow to God. Uh, both made a vow and did not fully understand or did not at least fully understand all the possible outcomes. And they were both very sad about the outcomes. Uh, So I want to point out that vows are serious. In both these events that we just talked about, these men made a vow. And both men upheld the vow even though they didn't like the outcome. They didn't try to find a way out of it. They didn't make excuses. They knew that they made a promise. They made a vow and that they knew that they feared the result of breaking the vow more than they feared the result of the vow itself. Uh, So they upheld their vow. If we make a vow, we must keep it. So we must put in much thought. I don't think these two men put in a whole lot of thought before they said the words that they said. Uh, More importantly than putting thought into it, we need to pray about it. We need to seek God's will before we choose to make a vow to God. Because vows are very serious. Now, God does give us direction in his word about making promises or making vows. It says in Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeded out of his mouth. I think that's why those two men did what they said they would do. Uh, We need to be keepers of our vows. Uh, This verse says that we're bond by our words. Uh, The point is that our words are important. We need to be people that are known for keeping our words. Uh, God makes it very clear that if you promise to do something, then you need to do it. Uh, there's no wiggle room. There's no way out. There's no excuse acceptable for you to not keep your vow once you make a vow. Uh, if you don't think that you can do something, then it's better for you not to promise to do it. Uh, my dad used to always tell me when I was a kid, I- I'm not going to promise that. I would ask him for whatever. Can we go to the candy store later kind of thing? And he would say, you know, maybe a lot. And I didn't like maybe. I liked yes. I wanted yes, you know. I wanted, I promise we will go, son. Uh But he would. a lot of times he'd say, I'm not promising. He would literally say, I'm not promising. Because he didn't know what was going to happen later. He didn't know if he could do it. Uh, if we say we are going to do something, we have to make it happen. We have to keep our vows. Again, vows can be... Good, and we talked about some good reasons to make vows, uh, and we need to remember the importance of it. We need to pray about it a lot before we make the vow. If Jephthah would have consulted God about his vow first, it probably would have turned out differently. Uh, we need to make sure that we go to God in prayer. We search the scriptures about every decision we make, uh, no matter how big or how small it is. It's important to always be checking with God to see if your decisions are what he wants you to do. And it's also important to do this before you make those decisions. Uh, Not only will you avoid heartache, you'll avoid trouble, you'll avoid punishment for failure or messing up, uh, but you'll also be closer to God. And you can also be confident that you're acting according to his will. Uh, so I want to look at an example of being blessed for making a vow. Now, you might be thinking, and I've had people tell me personally that they will not make a vow or promise to God because they don't want to break it. They use verses that we've read tonight uh, that talk about punishment of breaking a vow as a reason for not making a vow to God. Now, there's nothing wrong with not making a vow to God. It's not a sin to not make a vow, uh, it would be considered safe probably to not make a vow because you can't break it if you don't make it. Uh, I certainly uh, would recommend not making a vow if you're not completely committed to whatever it is that you are vowing. Uh, but I want to give you an example that comes to my mind of why it would be a missed blessing to not make a vow. Uh, so let's consider Hannah's vow. Hannah's vow. Turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now we're going to look at the vow that Hannah makes to God and how God chooses to bless her for it. In this passage, we have Hannah and her husband, Elkanah. Uh, They're going to the house of the Lord to pray and to sacrifice As part of this, parents would make sacrifices on behalf of their children. And Hannah uh, didn't have any children. Um, So she's sad about this, and she brings the matter to God. So let's pick up reading in verse 9. It says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. And Hannah spake, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, how long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the Woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house to Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him, of the Lord. So we have uh, Hannah making a vow here, and she is greatly blessed because of her vow. If she would have never made this vow, she would have never had a son. Uh, the Lord could not have been able to bless her if she did not make this vow. Uh, she would not have experienced and known the love of God that He showed her through giving her a son If she did not make this vow, Samuel would have never been born. If she did not make this vow, Uh, Israel would have missed out on a great spiritual leader. If Hannah did not make this vow, Uh, we may be losing out on seeing God's power and God's love and God's working in our own life. If we refuse to make a vow, Uh, we might also be missing out on being in the will of God for our lives. Hannah was called by God to be the mother of Samuel. Uh, This would have never happened if she did not make that vow. Uh, She would have been outside of the will of God if she didn't make that vow, and Samuel was born because of it. We need to be careful about our vows, that's for sure. Uh, We need to put much thought and prayer and searching the Scriptures before making any vow. Uh, But we all should be willing to make a commitment to God as a vow, If necessary, Uh, we might miss out on a blessing. We might miss out on being part of God's plan and God's will. And we might miss out on being closer to God because of our unwillingness to consider making a vow. Now, I'm not telling you to go make a vow tonight. Uh, Actually, I don't want you to make a vow to God tonight unless you have already been praying about it for weeks and weeks. Then do what God has showed you. Uh, but if you haven't put any thought into it till just now, don't do it. Uh, but what I am saying is I want you to pray about the possibility tonight. Uh, you know, uh, Christmas is just six weeks away. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. I'm not sure if you guys all bought me a present yet or not. We have six weeks to do it. Uh, just kidding. Don't buy me anything. Uh, but I don't know if you ever do this, but why not get God or get Jesus a present for Christmas? Uh, that could be a vow. I'm not saying it has to be. I'm saying it could be. Pray about it. See if there's anything God wants you to commit to Him. Uh, I know people uh, that commit, they actually make a commitment to God to read the Bible through in one year. Uh, and it's not just something, I want to do this this year. They actually pray and tell God, I am going to do this for you this year. And I know that they're blessed for doing that. I know they know more of the Word of God for doing that. Uh, vows and promises to God can be a very good thing. Uh, we could be used by God in the area of making a vow, but maybe God wants to use you in a different way. Maybe God's not leading you to do that, and that's okay. Uh, maybe God is trying to speak to you about doing something else for him. Maybe he's trying to move you in a different area. Uh, maybe he wants you to take part of a ministry of the church here maybe he wants you to be a part of serving him uh, if god were to reach into the shelf today if god were to reach down here today and he was looking for you would he find you and, or would he find you missing if god did find you would he see that you're dirty and dusty and unusable or would he see that you're clean and you're ready and you're willing to go and be used by him Jephthah was willing to be used by God. He was looking to be used by God. And he was able to be used by God. So let's do whatever it is that we need to do to be willing and to be ready and to be able to be used by God. Let's pray.